From News 96.5 WDBO, Easter Bunny gives beatdown in downtown Orlando. My name is Vicki Dawn Carlton, and I should start off by saying that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Just so when people out there judge me, they know they are casting the first stone, which I never do because I've taken the Lord Jesus into my heart. And judge not, lest ye be judged, is a gospel truth that I follow. So, up until now, I had fellowship with Blood of the Lamb Community Bible Church in Sarasota Springs, which is also where I live. Not in the church, in the town, right there on Dew Street, in the Enclave Apartments. People do sometimes stay in the church, though people in soul crisis, as Pastor Mike calls them. Pastor Mike lets them stay there until their spirits are lifted out of the pit of despair and confusion and into the light of God's saving grace. The world is full of pits of despair. Pitfalls, they're called. And they're everywhere. You just have to learn to recognize them for what they are and step around them or fight your way out of them, like in an obstacle course, like like a Ninja Warrior on NBC. I like that show. I know I shouldn't watch too much of what's on TV. Most of it's lies and perversions of the truth, but I like Ninja Warrior. It reminds me that everybody has the power to be a champion. And Pastor Mike should know. He hasn't always been where he is today. He wasn't always saved. He was a hell's angel. He still got a tattoo on his neck of a kind of skull with a forked tongue sticking out on like a, like a snake. Wearing a crown of thorns made out of barbed wire with some kind of bird wings spread out on either side. He says he won't remove it because it's a reminder of where he came from. And he wants people to know, especially the young people that there's room for everyone at God's table. Now, I also know that removing tattoos is expensive and very painful. I had a tattoo of the Guns N' Roses pistols on my right foot. You know, the two six-shooters tied together with those rose vines. I had that one removed a couple years ago, and they burn it off with lasers. It hurts like hell. Excuse the foul language, but it does, and it leaves a nasty scar. And my tattoo is tiny, so I can only imagine what removing Pastor Mike's flying skull tattoo would feel like. So, I understand. But it's not all just about acceptance and love over at BLC. There's also work to be done, spreading the word of God so people can find their own way out of the pitfalls. 
My particular calling is to help the children. I could never have kids of my own. I mean, not that a doctor told me that, just that I was never with anyone special enough that I wanted to bring a baby into the world with them. So, I like to consider all the children of the world my babies. Not literally, more like they're little lost lambs in need of a shepherd. I volunteer every spring at the Sarasota Commons Marketplace Mall to be the Easter Bunny. Hand out chocolate eggs and jelly beans. But I also give the kids little little scripture verses, kind of like in fortune cookies. I am the resurrection and the life. Everyone who believes in me will live even though they die. And praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. They didn't used to have an Easter bunny at the commons, but I made my own bunny costume out of fabric from old stuffed animals I bought at the Goodwill. And the manager at the mall, Philip Caruso, he said it was the best Easter bunny costume he had ever seen. The most realistic, he said. I think what he meant was that the fabric looked like real animal fur. And I made the face look much more like a rabbit face instead of like a, like a Disney cartoon. So he let me hand out the chocolate eggs near where they usually put up like the Christmas tree and the menorah. I'm not sure if he knows about the scriptures, but he always says, Happy Resurrection Sunday on Easter when I'm out there in the bunny suit. So I have a suspicion that he's a believer. He just keeps it to himself out of respect for his job. Give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Give unto God what is God's. We had coffee a couple times, me and Philip, over at Brewmasters and Mall. This was back in March. He told me I was his type. He said he prefers curvy girls, Rubenesque. That's what he said. His wife was a very Rubenesque woman, and I reminded him of her. I guess when she was younger, because he's almost twice my age. She lost a lot of weight, though, after she started cancer treatments and... In the end, she didn't look like herself. He put his hand on mine when he said that, and he looked at me for a long time. And then he said he wasn't ready for a romantic relationship because it was too soon after his wife passing. I wanted to say something nice, maybe pray over him, but couldn't think of anything. And then the bill came. And then he tried to kiss me in the breezeway between the employee entrance and the bathrooms. It took me by surprise because of what he said about not being ready for for romantic relationships. So I kind of flinched, and he, he ended up kissing my ear, which was fine, really. It was actually kind of nice. But he seemed really embarrassed by it, and he went into the men's room without saying goodbye. That's the last time we had coffee. And Philip wasn't even around on Easter Sunday. I didn't see him anyway. So it was kind of strange that he was the one who pointed me out to the police. But who knows? I was just passing out chocolate eggs as usual, and there was this boy, maybe like five or six years old, glasses and a yellow bow tie, probably on his way back from church, and kept coming back for more eggs, which I didn't mind. He was very polite about it, and he said he wanted enough to give to his brothers and sisters at home. But then on his third or fourth time around, I saw that his glasses were all busted up and his eyes were all red from crying. So, so I gave him a big handful of eggs and then I followed him out into the rotunda past the marshals and into the back end of the mall where the Barnes and Noble used to be, where it's all boarded up now. 
I don't know why he went walking down there. But he looked kind of scared, like, like he wasn't sure which way to go. And he had tucked all his eggs into the front of his shirt so he, he wouldn't drop any. And then these two older boys popped out from behind the old sunglasses hut. One of them had chocolate smeared in the corners of his mouth, and the other one was holding a yellow wiffle ball bat. They were laughing, making pig noises. Not the snorting kind kids usually make, more like, like squealing of actual pigs when they're being corralled into their cages. My parents kept pigs for a while, before my dad died and my mom and I had to move into an efficiency. That might sound strange, keeping pigs. But lots of people kept all kinds of animals back in Sligo. In Pennsylvania, where I grew up. My best friend Max, his family had chickens. Max committed suicide in high school. He was a nerd like me, really into UFOs and ghosts and stuff like that. Everybody said it was because he was gay, but I never believed it. Our next-door neighbors even had llamas for a while. I don't know how you can make money from keeping llamas, maybe from, like, their hair, like, like alpacas. Who knows? But that's what these kids sounded like, like pigs. When they cornered that little boy and pushed him onto the floor, his Easter eggs all rolled out from under his shirt. The older kid, the one holding the wiffle ball bat, he said something like, I'm going to beat the lard out of you, piggy. And he started whipping him, like, real hard. Well, the other one with chocolate smeared on his face, he picked up the Easter eggs, popped them open, and ate the chocolates and tossed the scriptures on the floor. It's hard to move inside the bunny suit. The fur legs are shorter than my actual legs. And I don't usually talk when I'm playing the Easter bunny because I don't want to spoil the illusion for the younger kids. But I started shouting anyway, shouting at them to stop. And I I shimmied best I could over to where that older kid was beating on that little boy. And honestly, I thought they would just turn and run off once they saw me coming. But that's not what happened. They turned and they looked at me for what seems like a really long time. And the younger one, the one with chocolate on his face, he started laughing. And the older boy, he started laughing too. And the younger one, he said, you're way too fat to be the Easter Bunny. And he stepped up real close to me and he started poking at me through the suit. And you think it wouldn't hurt too much because of the fur, but he was poking me really hard. And then they started squealing again, except louder than before. And the poking got even harder. And I couldn't fend him off because it's really difficult to see from inside the suit. And then I felt something stiff begin hitting the side of my head, the side of the bunny head. Crack, crack, crack. And I could hear the plaster of Paris busting up, and I didn't want that little boy, the, the one the other two had been beating on, to see my face underneath the bunny face. I didn't want to ruin the illusion for him, because he's probably still a believer. So I just planted a kick as hard as I could, given the constraints of the suit. And it must have landed pretty good, because that boy, the one hitting me with the wiffle ball bat, he went flying and landed on his back on the floor, right on top of the Bible scriptures. And without thinking, I yanked that bat out of his hand and I whacked him hard with it a few times because clearly that boy had never been properly disciplined, not once in his whole life. And I turned, looking through the crack in the side of the bunny head the bat had caused, and I went to give that boy a few other good whacks too. He was already running off toward where Philip was standing, staring and shaking his head next to two police officers. And I heard someone crying and it was that little boy in the yellow bow tie and... I wanted to pick him up off the floor and tell him everything would be okay, that the Easter Bunny would leave something extra special in the basket for him being so brave. They were already putting me in handcuffs, if you could believe that. Then one of them pulled my bunny head off. 
and I could tell there wasn't anything in the world that was going to make that little boy feel any better. Anyway, I can't be around kids at all anymore. It's part of my probation, so obviously I'm not handing out chocolate eggs at the mall anymore. Pastor Mike says I can't come back to the church until I confess my sin to the whole congregation, ask for their forgiveness. Only then can we all move on from the pain and damage caused by my transgression, he said. That seems a lot to me, like removing your hell's angel tattoo. That's what I told him. I don't seem to remember Jesus apologizing after he turned over the tables of the money changers. That was just for selling stuff on church property. Imagine what he would have done to them if he had seen them beating on a little lost lamb. A lot more than tip over a few tables, that's for sure. So I'm not apologizing to anybody. We're in the same room, so now it's going to get real weird. I'm in Florida. Welcome. Thank you. Dr. Matt in the room as well. We're all in the same place. We were just talking about this. Uh, I wanted to circle back around. Mm. I want to do a little reach around. Um, Go, to, ahead. Go ahead. Uh, our last episode, Surfer John, uh, because during our little talk back, we kind of bashed Florida surfing pretty hard. Mm, yeah, we did. More out of... Out of ignorance than bliss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't know what we were saying. But since then, I stumbled upon all of this like Florida surfer lore, lore, history, m- mythology, <laughs> gossip. And uh, I realized that like w- we were totally wrong. So I'm going to mm. correct the record. Surfing in Florida has a long, storied, weird history. <laughs> <laughs> and that includes like entire counties on the beach uh outlawing surfing there's even a town that outlawed owning a surfboard because surfing had gotten s- turned into such a big thing it was like hoverboards that was wait like coco beach is I, that yeah, where I, it was? I think well okay so there's still like a big mm. surf competition in coco beach i think yeah this was back in the 60s, and back then when surfing, and that's when kind of surfing took off, the first surfers in Florida were like, John and Harriet Hammond of Long Island who were down here summering, and they like polished two planks of wood and saw that they floated, and so they paddled themselves into the surf, like literally. Wow. But then, so later it exploded, and uh, it turned into like an outlaw sport. Yeah, renegades. Yeah. And like all the oldie McOldies were like, them ruffians, like foaming up the beach again with their (laughs) marijuana (laughs) and their surf planks. Joe Biden was there. Joe Joe Biden was trying to get him out. out. He was was like, stop your malarkey down there in the ocean. This is for relaxing and enjoying a drink. This is what all those Momoa people do. Don't make me break out my chain. Put that sex wax away. (laughs) Wax is for making babies. (laughs) You will never tame the sea. (laughs) Seaman. I should run for president. Well. Um, So there's this story that's really great, though. Uh, I'll be your publicist. This happened happened in the 60s. And there was this guy, and I'm going to get his name wrong, I think, or I'm going to get it right. His name was Jack 
The Smurf. The Surf Murph Murphy oh. or something. Jack the Surf Murph Murphy or Jack the Murph of Surf Murphy. The Merkin. Like sm- yeah. The Merkin you wear <laughs> when you're surfing. Murphy. He was this like pro Florida surfer who together with his friend who was a, a, a swim instructor and another friend who was a house painter broke into the Museum of Natural History and stole basically their entire collection of precious gems. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And they get they got caught, but they were like lauded as like outlaw heroes. Yeah. And he went to jail. Jewel thieves. They were jewel thieves. Jewel thieves, yeah. J- jewel thieves. <laughs> That's what the plural sounds like. They were shimmery as a couple of jewel thieves. (laughs) And they got caught and he went to jail. And everyone was like, oh my God, the pro surfer went to jail for like jewel thievery. And then he got out of jail. And then he murdered somebody in a bar fight. Totally fine. And then he went back to jail. Mm. And then he got out of jail again. And then he like won the championship and was inducted into the Pro Surfer Hall of Fame. Nobody cares. Murdered a bitch. No, doesn't matter. <laughs> I think it was that swim instructor. Oh. He was like, you stole my lucky board shorts. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, there's no loyalty among thieves. There's no I'll tell lo- you that. But what about among surfers? That's different. He broke the code, but he's in the Hall of Fame. That I still don't know. So we were wrong, but But we admit it. I'm correcting the record in the name of Jack the Murph of surfing. Murphy bed, Merkin, (laughs) surf. Jack. Surf murderer. Jack the Murph murderer. Jack the Merkin you wear when you're in a Murphy bed, surf Murphy. Murderer. Murder man. But so, so what, what were you guys wrong about? Well, because like I, we were talking about surfing and I was like, who surfs in Florida? Yeah. There's no waves. There are I no waves. I was talking shit. But like, but what about all this stuff? And Matt was right about Sebastian Inlet. We did bring up that there are areas where it goes and down. And like, are there waves at Cocoa Beach? Yes. Yeah. Okay, I've been there. Then that is, okay. So Matt knew. I was just the idiot. I mean, I kind of knew, but I also was smoking a joint all of last episode. <laughs> so I get a big old. Yeah. We could tell, Jess. I don't think any lies were told. No, no lies. Wasn't lies. I was just blissing in my ignorance, which is what I do when I meditate. <laughs> That's what, what we I, do on the show every what episode. I'm doing right now, we bliss hard in our ignorance. Gotta bliss hard. You don't bliss soft. Listen, bliss if you up. don't bliss hard, you don't bliss at all. Bliss up, y'all. So, what is this episode about? All right. You wrote it. Caleb wrote this one. Easter I did. bunnies. I did. Easter bunnies. Vicky Dawn Carlton. And uh, does she do the Carlton dance? What's the Carlton from Fresh dance? Prince? I, I wish people could see me doing it. I can see you. It's doing kind of it. like the wham. It looks like you're being electrocuted. Me, yeah. I am slowly with fervor. I think we're a little too old for for that. Yeah. Are you guys? Oh, <laughs> a this is a millennial bit, reference. Like a little bit. Millennial time. Okay, I I give up the floor. <laughs> I millennials have spoken enough. So the story. The headline, oh, which we have to do. Thanks, Caleb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is this our first show? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how does this whole podcast thing work? I don't know. Are we recording? I, I got no snare on my headphones. Yeah, turn it up. Um, the, the headline is actually about a man who was dressed up as the Easter Bunny, posing as the Easter Bunny mm. in some mall. I can't remember where it was. I think in Orlando. I think it was like he oversaw this guy being abusive to his girlfriend. 
Mm. And he walked over still in the bunny costume and just like beat down this guy. He didn't take the head off, right? Because that's like sacrilege. No, and so there are all these videos. never take it off. There are all these videos of him beating (laughs) down this guy in an Easter bunny costume. and, And that's why it went viral and all that because that's not something you see every day. I mean, Santa Claus... Yeah, they're sad men. Santa Claus giving some, someone a beat down I think is like more common. No, the Easter Bunny, it's usually the baby freaking out that's in its lap or like a weird hard on. Well, the it's thing a, is... It's is a that, thick suit so you don't I, see it all. I always assume that it's a... And I don't know what this is. Maybe I'm... Tell us more. Sexist. Mm-hmm. But I always assume it's a woman in an Easter Bunny costume interesting always so you're keeping up this this uh the binary just in that context is it like a playboy bunny thing no it's like you just assume that bunnies are female because what creepy man gets in an easter bunny costume and hands out candy to little kids you know i would hope for a better (laughs) world where men don't do that but i'm pretty sure every easter bunny i've ever met there's been a man in the costume see that's gross to me yeah it's very gross and they smell like vermouth and it's a terrible thing but so the story, they smell like vermouth. That is what the Easter Bunny drinks. <laughs> That's how he hops so fast, house to house, to bring you your baskets. She drinks dry sherry in the off season and just sweet vermouth when it's springtime. Master Lady presents. <laughs> I, so I, when I, when I was working on the story, I was like, I want it to be a woman, and I want it. So like the evangelical thing goes a little deep for me because my parents became born-again Christians when I was, like, in high school. Yeah. And I don't think they're ever going to hear this podcast, so I think it's fine to talk about it. Um, they know it's true. <laughs> well, no, no, that is just the truth. That yeah. happened. Yeah, And they dragged us to all these, like, totally weird, giant, megachurch places. Whoa. And it was just, like, so intense and so strange. Massachusetts, No. Yeah, but they're everywhere, Jess. Oh, no, I know. There's that big one in Kendall. The one Trump went to where the guy said he's like, he can bring people back from the dead or whatever. I mean, that was this year that man said that, made that comment. I mean, anyway. I mean, Trump did bring his own face back from the dead. (laughs) Oh, in that photo, he has the corpse face on his like windblown seahorse looking. Like, I feel like that was just someone else wearing Trump's face. Wearing a Trump suit, wearing orange face. Like maybe Trump is isn't even real maybe it's not even it's just a bunch of big fat guys wearing a weird halloween mask skin face thing (laughs) it's the silence of the land guys it's much weird it's much weirder than we than any of us thought yeah the trump this goes way deeper the trump cult isn't just you know about the economy they're also necromancers and uh necrophiliacs and they're also like (laughs) buffalo bills I'm just Buffalo Bill. Put the lotion. Put the lotion on the Trump face. <laughs> Sign the executive order and put it in the basket. So, did you flip the genders in this? Oh in yeah, the right. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, your so, story. Yeah. So I flipped the gender, <laughs> and I made the Easter Bunny psycho a woman. Yeah. Because what creepy man? <laughs> anyway. I love her. She's so sad, and she's surrounded by sanctimonious assholes. Which I was just deliberate. I. This woman that I wrote about, I know, like, I've met so many different versions of her, especially when my parents were dragging me to these, like, big evangelical uh, mega churches. Like, I don't know. There's something so palpable about, like, the particular 
this is going to sound really like judgmental and kind of gross, but like there's a particular loneliness about people who become members of any cult. And I think a lot of these churches that that I attended when I was younger were borderline cults. Mm -hmm. Like they really were. They were either cults of personality where there was like a pastor that like was this figure that people really believed was like a channel to God. And yeah, like, savior complex kind of. Or it was this other thing where it was the actual like church itself was almost a, the beast itself. And like it was this place where it was like the only thing that people had that felt empowering, safe. And even though like cr so much crazy stuff happened in every single one of the churches that, that we went to, like all kinds of scandals, all kinds of cr the craziest shit. Of course, yeah. All the stuff that you expect happens when you put a bunch of people in a room and you claim magic is happening. You scam money out of the poor, yeah. Um, Teach them fantasies so they... Stay hooked. And well, so, were people like talking in tongues and stuff? Yes, I mean all, all or kinds. Or speaking in tongues? Yes, there was speaking of, in tongues. There was uh, there was Christian rock. There was. Oh, was there like a lot of hoobastank? Oh no, you're older than me. In some of them, they're like smoke <laughs> machines. Like, oh, totally. <laughs> there was just a lot, like hair gel. Lots of hair gel. Lots of big old uh, rhinestone encrusted crosses, like the youth but pastors. Some of them, they weren't all mega churches. Some of them were like small church. Like we we went to a church that met in like the storeroom of a bookstore. Oh, okay. They kept it real intimate. So like that was even weirder in some ways because it was like this little tiny, like, cult kind of thing. Yeah. And I totally understand like why my parents were drawn into that stuff, but to be fair, it's also like they would like bring us to one church and it would get weird and then they would bring us to another one and that would get weird or something would happen. Like that it would burn down or like Oh, I know people like this. Or yeah. like the pastor would disappear because he ran away with, you know, the the church's money or somebody's yes, daughter every, or literally every uh, single time. The goat from the feast of Saint Anthony or you know, something. That goat <laughs> ruins every party, I swear to God. <laughs> it's just too sexy. But that so goat's like it's breaking hearts. There's a weird kind of toxicity that's built into those environments i don't really understand totally why but it is in there always sure they're taking advantage of people so i think like this a, a big part of the story is about a person who is in that environment she's indoctrinated and she's had a, a particular set of circumstances in her life that have brought her to this place where she's seeking to have a meaningful life but in in that that's where she's trying to find it in that mm -hmm. And well, she doesn't have kids. She says she wants them. She doesn't have an intimate partner in her life. She, well, and there's not like, that you need those things to be fulfilled, but she seems to want them and actively pursue them. Right. And constantly, like, wall, wall, block, block. Right. 
can't have the things I want so I can fantasize about the things I may have someday in some other reality or some glory or, you know. I originally wanted to find um, some, like, Florida Christian band to score this episode with, but I was like, if they take one look at what this podcast is, they're going to be like, no... Way. We always like to get the permission like, too, no so that way. would never because stand. There was like there was like this tape that my mom used to play in the car when we were taking like road trips after they became born again Christians. And when they became born again Christians, it was like they became born again Christians. Like Damn. everything was about that. My Reborn. mom my mom even tried to be a Mennonite for a while. And no I don't know, way. I don't know if, yeah. So do you know what a me- Mennonite is? It's like almost Amish. But like, are they kind of like the Quakers who sit in silence and wait for something to no, move No, they're like literally Amish people that use cell phones and drive cars. That's mm-hmm. like literally. Oh, I was going to ask about the technology thing. thing. Yeah. And like it, it's just so. And we went to a bunch of those churches too um, in like Pennsylvania because they right. that's there's a big Mennonite and Amish community there. And we're like in high school, and they're dragging us to this like weird, like, like I mean, come on, <laughs> like in high school, God. yeah. And it was yeah. like really hard, but like I've been around it. But she used to play this tape, and this is really what I wanted for to score it with. It was like this tape, and I don't remember what the group was called. It was like literally they call themselves crazy stuff, like like Blood of the Lamb Band. Or oh, like, I told you about you know Saline, I mean? yeah, which is like Christ's Tears or something. They were this metal group in Florida. But this was like an acapella Amish group. And they're acapella, Ooh. of course, because they can't use amplified instruments. Again. Yeah, they're unplugged. And I mean like... VH1 Unplugged presents. It, like... <laughs> I can still like sing some of those songs. Sing one. You don't have to. I'm not going to do it. Okay. Cool, okay. <laughs> I was excited for a minute. I, I felt was going to do was it. Like... I was going to do it. It just it feels so weird. Yeah. All I can think of is my yeah. mom like like listening to this podcast and just like shaking her head at me. Tears falling down her face. Not tears, rage. All rage. <laughs> She can't, she's rage, not here. She can't rage get you. flying out of her face. I haven't even talked about mine, so forget Ugh, it. I won't. Right. I can't. So I'm going to so I'm gonna switch gears a little bit and talk about the music that we did use oh, for this. Oh, tell us. So. Please. While I was searching for stuff, I, I got hooked on this idea that uh, Vicky had a Guns N' Roses tattoo on her foot. And I was like, oh, and. And like Guns N' Roses is like coming to play in Florida soon. Yeah, they've I reunited think. like with original so it's like members. This big deal online. Like if if you go online, there's all these like brand new Guns N' Roses like cover bands that have just sprung up all over the place ever since this announcement. And so I was like, oh my god, let's find a Guns N' Roses cover band to use Brilliant. for this. And the one I came upon that I thought would be the the best because they are the best is this band called Night Train which of course is a Guns N' Roses song or an album is it a song or an album I thought it was a song I'm not the biggest GNR fan so they're called they're called Night Train and these guys they advertise themselves as the only full time touring Guns N' Roses tribute act. Whoa, big deal. Big time, you guys. Literally, they literally, they replicate Guns N' Roses actual gigs. 
Like they'll study a gig that Guns N' Roses no did. No way. And they will do. They will wear the same clothes. They Rami Malek this shit. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Going it's, for the Oscar. It's kind of nuts. Whoa. They're devoted. Um, and I reached out to them, and they never got back to me because their schedule is really, 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 really full right now. Whoa. <laughs> but then I thought, well, I don't think we can really get a cease and desist because they're performing Guns N' Roses songs. Yeah, it's not their music. So I don't really know. Buckethead. <laughs> oh, so we're, we're just going to wing it? We're going to wing this one because oh what I did is I ripped a live, what I thought Call was Call me a, Slash. I ripped what I thought was a live cover of theirs to use but then when i you just admitted to, to it, that by the way I know. in a recording yeah i know but whatever <laughs> it's like i don't know this man it's it's the end times you guys like you know Wait, the, it broke up the connection broke up frogs are about to hit us in the forehead <laughs> so like i thought I, they were tiny squids so the the funny thing is, is i'm not sure that the music that i that i found for this is actually a live recording of this cover band called Night Train or some other cover band called Night Train because there's like 20 of them. Oh, that's good. Wow. That's plausible deniability. Exactly. Perfect. You have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> I'm plausibly denying it all. <laughs> that's how I go through life. But the one that I originally researched, the guys that like do the full-time touring and like... Right, the busy guys. The, yeah. They, the ones whose schedules are full... I listened to one of their live things and I was like, oh wait, that doesn't actually sound like the one that I found that I, so I honestly, I have no idea. Which one is it? Have we chosen, it's Sweet Child of Mine or November Rain or some fun like, I don't know. Big hitter like that? Oh, we still have to kind of I don't know what just happened. Night Train is a song and it was from Appetite for Destruction. Okay. And uh, apparently Guitar World listed it as eighth of the top 10 drinking songs of all time. Oh, well, I'll, huh. I'll, I'll have a drink then. Have a sip. Have have a cider. I was just going to say they also omitted a T in between night train. Yeah. So it's actually nigh train. Nigh train. <laughs> nigh was there a train. Nigh train. In the night. Is it nigh train or night rain? I think it's night rain. <laughs> yep. It's, uh, is this before or after November rain? Is this? Before. So there you go. It's the night rain before November rain. Is this before or after Axl Rose started putting the bandana on his head? Probably before. <laughs> so my point, though, is that what I stumbled on when I was stumbling, Guns N' Roses mania is happening right now, at least online, and especially in Florida. Because it's their second coming. And I started thinking about like a return. Guns N' Roses and Florida, and I was like, how, how is it possible that Guns N' Roses is not from Florida. <laughs> it's just... It's, how is it? How is that possible? I don't know. I'm putting plausible deniability like, on this one. There is every single thing about them is Florida. Yeah, totally, dude. I, you, you know what I mean? Slash's like, Jufro, uh, Axel Rose's, Rose's weird hair plugs. Yeah, everything. I mean, we like, love them. We're going to get a season. It's fine. This is the episode. It's like over. Buckethead's bucket. Yeah, the KFC bucket. Even the, like, even the, like, I mean, everything. We have a friend who wears that shirt always. The Guns N' Roses He's shirt? He's a big fan. Oh, the two guns? Yeah, yeah. Well, he wears, like, Appetite for Destruction shirt. And, like, Business Casual is, like, suit pants and that shirt. Right. And Casual is just that shirt. But I like I know so Guns N' Roses. I just wanted to shout him out. Hey, Gu- dude, Guns N' Roses with are them. from they're we from LA, right? 
They're an LA band. Like, yeah. They, they used to Aren't play they? Yeah. they used to play like the Kibitz room uh, next to Cantor's Deli. Oh man, dude. And uh and the Rainbow Room and stuff. Yeah, of course. Uh, He's looking at me because I've been there recently several times. Right, and every Jess? time Ron Jeremy has hit on me. <laughs> every, he's still there. He's like the gremlin of the rainbow room. Is it kind of like a thing where you're like, is that just you or are you hitting on me? No, it's, he's definitely hitting on me. Thanks, Caleb, for what? the call out. What? <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Plausible deniability. Um, so th- I, they're from L.A., I think. Yeah. 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 No, I would no, I would, um, uh, I would. put a, a, some money down But right there's now. no way that they're... Pants or their like panache press on nails or their fake Ooh. eyelashes or any of that stuff are not from Florida. No, they were all they were shipped, shipped out like, from here. I feel like they're from LA, but they had all their stuff shipped from Florida. Their soul came from Florida. <laughs> Amazing. Their their night train was a one way train from Florida. It was the Florida. bright line. <laughs> <laughs> How many people are gonna fucking go in front of this train, man? Drive in front of it, walk in front of it, like try to race this thing. Oh my god, you're thing. talking about Brightline now? No, and I'm talking about the Brightline. I, had, oh I just Lord. had to. I just had to put that. That out was there. a segue. Well, it's the night train. That was a segue on a on a segue. You, the guy who created segways killed himself on a segue thing. I it, wonder. Like, I wonder what happened crazy. to the guy who invented Brightline. <laughs> he he probably's driving all those trains. He's mainlining himself. <laughs> As we speak. Oh, man. Well, this might be as good a time as any because I've had so much cider. I think it's time for me to... Wait, do we have a new uh, sponsor Peek my head now? in the other room. Do we have a new sponsor? <laughs> it's cider spelled the French way. Cider. Oh, no, no. Cidre. We're not doing that. Cidre. 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 This is the cidre. Oh, fun story. When I first read your story, I thought Sligo was Sligo. Oh, right. I went full chunk on that Sligo, one. Pennsylvania. Hi, I'm from Sligo. I've been to Western Pennsylvania. Have you? I have a friend who is from there, and I went to her house once uh, for Thanksgiving. And we. You have a friend? Okay. Simmer down. I wanted to try that one again. Says and your friend. We, we, yes, it's you, Jess. <laughs> you already know this. You're my friend. Okay, I'll be quiet. I'll be quiet. First of all, Western Pennsylvania is like seven hours from regular Pennsylvania. <laughs> regular. Like, I'm not even wow. joking. It's like, it's like. How did you get there by wheelbarrow? No, honestly, it's freaking crazy. Whoa. It's the woods and pig farms. Literally. <laughs> They're going to say pig farts. That's it. And pig farms. Yeah, totally. We were hanging out with my friend and, and with like her high school friends and stuff who still all live out there. And at one point we'd been drinking and we were in some, some, someone's like her neighbor's hot tub. And like we got out of the hot tub and then he was like, hey, let's go check out what like Pastor Johnny is up to. And we'd go to like across the street. to Wait, s- these people have an outdoor hot tub and they're surrounded by pig farms? Yes. Oof. I know. Gluttons for punishment. I know. And the, the the hot tub was actually full of pig blood. <laughs> it's really good for the skin. And we. So the Kardashians do. That's what I it's heard. Not all they do. Mm. Um, they. I've seen the tapes. They. I was going to say, tell us more, Caleb. The piss tapes. <laughs> the um, tapes are terrible. <laughs> the tapes are not even sexy. So we go across the street to Pastor Johnny's house. I said it. And he lives in like a weird, like the weird McMansion you think the pastor of the church would live in. Totally. In Western Pennsylvania. And we're drinking more with him. And then 
his like cousin or something shows up in this like big giant truck. You know those like trucks that have like the testicles hanging off. Oh the back of God! And like, and this is like the the relative of Pastor John, Johnny, and he pulls a tarp off the back of the bed of the truck. And I'm not kidding you guys. It's just the truck is just full of guns. Just no full way, of guns. Dude. Scary looking guns. And he's like, "Hey, you guys want to uh, shoot some guns?" <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, uh, and it starts raining. Who doesn't? It starts raining. Love it or leave it, Caleb. And I'm kind of like, uh, this is America. I'm kind of like, uh, it's raining. Should we be shooting guns? <laughs> and the, they might get shows jammed. How much you know. know? Yeah. What do you think? We're still putting water <laughs> in them. Get, what if they rushed immediately? And and like they all look at me, kind of, and 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 the and the cousin, Pastor Johnny's cousin, is like, maybe not the AK-47. Wow, dude. Because that's how you control the wild hog population. So then we just started shooting guns. That's what I you did in Western... You shot a gun before? Whoa. I shot, I shot guns in Western Pennsylvania in the rain with Pastor Johnny and his cousin. I hope they're listening. Not far from where Sligo is. Just don't give them our address. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I'm scared now. Squeal, squeal. idea that born-again Christianity is a cult, okay, only in the yeah. sense that I sort of agree with that. Did you feel like when you were visiting all those places that the goal of the entire service, all that crazy music, the pastor's main objective was to save souls and to get people at the end of that service up there to the altar to be born again, to convert people? Sometimes. And... You know the churches that that we went to, they weren't culty like um, mega churches on TV, like that whole thing. They weren't like trying to get your money and stuff. Right. Mm. It was more like people experiencing like these crazy things, which and in fairness, like I think for some people, like it was that stuff is really real and really meaningful. Correct. Yeah. But I think that's true always in situ in contexts like that, like when. There's a healing or like my parents went to healings. Yeah. They went to like these crazy, like in state, they're like in stadiums where these, these people convince like thousands of people that they can heal, heal people. Mm -hmm. And I mean, look, like if enough people believe something is happening, it can happen. I mean, that's straight up Carl Jung. Like <laughs> it is. Yeah. Like. It, like it, it. I think that that's true. I think that the, you put enough people in a room and they're thinking the same thought. That thought can manifest for sure. Right. 
And I think there was a lot of that. In my own experiences, I've never seen that it was about money, but definitely about souls and, and that conversion. Yes. Yeah, and you're people, one of us now. People really, and, the, and I mentioned like magic, like people really believed that magic was happening. That right, like right. spiritual magic was happening. And if you sang loud enough and if you exp- like opened yourself up enough, like some healing or conversion or whatever could happen. Right. So it's like, you know, it's real. But that's what a cult is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No one joins a cult being like, mm, I don't know, like this guy's cute. So he's got long hair and I like that. Right. <laughs> like they join a cult because like the that the the person that they're following is gonna change their life is gonna right is going to like yeah, get them the into in. heaven yeah right that's it it struck me when you said it because if you just go to one service that it does feel very cult like if you're on the outside right and unfortunately or f- uh, fortunately for them and unfortunately for uh, others for you, <laughs> for me. <laughs> um, Unfortunately, for me and my I, bro- and my brothers. This this <laughs> is what you know the the Bible states look like. This this isn't like a little um, David Koresh thing. This is right. this is the entire. Now, I want to remind you. There's only I one shared you reality I, you're allowed to have. There's only one shared experience, and if you experience anything else, then. But I think what you're talking about, you're saying that it's very widespread. That it's, there's tons- it's. But I want you to understand that, like, I grew up in Massachusetts. Yeah. Right. So these these were, and, and you know, I'm not saying that evangelical churches are dangerous or anything. I, I mean, I don't. You could make that claim. But I do think that for the most part, any large group of people that come together in a shared belief, and the shared belief is is a belief that 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 they can transform themselves and transform the world by expressing that belief together and by following practices um, dictated to them by the establishment is the definition of a cult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there is some power in that because we're not talking about a small group of people that you don't have to worry about. We're talking about at this point, it we're feels like about a vocal mo- majority. We're talking about most people because, like, I think that, yeah, <laughs> especially these days, I feel like most people, I don't know in the world, but certainly it feels like in America, are looking to connect to a greater movement that supports their either their belief system or mm-hmm. that will deliver a new belief system to them. Mm-hmm. Um. And so I, I I feel like in a weird way, it feels like the sort of rugged individualism of America is disintegrating. Yeah. Under the that pressure. Or it's always been an illusion. Like maybe. But like everything feels like a cult now. Like there's like there's like the cult of Costco. There's yeah. like I was talking about this the the other day. Uh, Trader Joe's opened uh, near my house, and I was really excited. I love Trader Joe's. Yeah, new sponsor. But like, 
I was talking to my friend the other day, and my friend was like, ever since, and he lives in the same neighborhood as I do, and he was like, ever since the Trader Joe's opened, he's like, that's all any of my friends talk about. Mm -hmm. It's like the weather now. Yeah. I run into them in the street, I'm like, what are you up to? And, And they're like... Oh, did you see that Trader Joe's has the smoked almonds again? I love those smoked almonds. And they're half what they cost last year. You know what? Why don't we go over there right now and get some smoked almonds? Like, I'm not even kidding. Yeah, it's yeah. end-stage capitalism. It's Like, we're all working for a brand, or no, we but, are a brand. But or, that's everything. Everything yeah. is its own. It's a and cult. That, it's another every, cult. Everything's a cult. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. To circle back, like... I don't, you know, I don't blame my parents for dragging us to the cult meetings because that's where we're all headed anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, America. (laughs) You're just one big cult. (laughs) Like, when when we were having uh, breakfast this morning, we were eating right outside in front of the... um, The the, The the, Apple store. The Apple store. And the... We're like, we're like eating our food, and the doors open to the Apple Store because someone was going in, and they were all applauding, like these oh huge applause. It was so bizarre. And it was, and it literally, it was just opening, and I was like, oh my god, that's what they do every time they open. They have like a weird cult pep talk, and then everyone applauds. They applaud the first customer. That's and, amazing. As yeah. a group, yeah. I, I literally turned and shouted, "Yay! Capitalism destroyed the world!" Yay, slave labor. <laughs> oh, and their manager was standing in this weird Christ pose for no, like 15 minutes. It was, honestly, it was so weird. His arms out for no reason. Literally, it's what we're talking about. Yeah. I do love iMessage. Everything's a cult. Man. <laughs> I do You're want an, an iPad. <laughs> You're in a cult. <laughs>